Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Tay Judgment Podcast. This is the uh, the Thanksgiving special. I appreciate you getting back with us another week here. Welcome to our uh, new listeners, those of you out there. And uh, sorry for the uh, sorry for the the break last week, guys. Had some uh, unforeseen shit pop up, and uh, hey, life happens, right? But we got that shit out the way. We're back. We're doing good. And uh, we're here for another kick-ass, awesome episode. So thank you for joining us. Happy Thanksgiving Eve, everybody. It's uh, By the time you listen to this, it'll be Thanksgiving Eve anyway. So uh, we finally made it. The best uh, holiday ever. Thanksgiving. What a time to be alive! Well, if you're fajita, you're just on the you're on the polar opposite side of the fence. You see, fajita for the past past four days has been just putting us through it. She's uh she's been walking around with a gimpy leg for no reason. Then last night she decides to basically uh, be knock knock knocking on heaven's door. As uh, as Bob Dylan once said, and uh, we had to bring her into the to the emergency room. They uh, poked and prodded, couldn't find shit wrong with the dog. And of course, you know we show up, and well, first of all, we notice that the dog is acting weird. She's in the house, she can barely walk. She's lethargic. She's like got the shivers. She got the shakes. She's on the couch. And uh, we're like, fuck, like, we really got to get her, like, dialed in. Something's obviously right. Wrong, rather. Yeah, right. So, uh, so we call around, and luckily there was a place up in Shrewsbury. Took us in immediately. Time is, like, 9.45, somewhere around there. So we show up, and the whole car ride, the dog's just... She's whimpering, she's tired, she's lethargic, she's 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 just beat, you know? She looks awful. She barely keep her eyes open. She's, like, falling over. It's awful. You, you hate to see that, you know? And uh, just as always, we take her out of the car, we walk her over to the building, and just like when you bring your car to the dealer and it's been making this awful racket and it's just knocking like a Jehovah's Witness and you show up and the thing is quiet as a mouse and the technician's like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you, but here's a $180 bill for trying to diagnose your car. Bring it back when it actually has problems. So then you leave with your tail between your legs and the minute that you start it up as you're driving out the lot, the thing starts, well, that's Fajita. That's my dog. She did the same exact thing. We show up. We get in the uh, we get in the ER. Pretty cool place, you know. I mean, you know, it's an emotional thing. You walk in, basically half the joint is all people getting their dog put down. Awful, you know. People are crying everywhere. But the place itself, you know, if it was empty and there wasn't dead dogs and grieving parents, it would be a really dope spot. You know, it's like when you watch the movies and you're like, where on earth is there a veterinarian hospital? 
that looks like that. It's like a big room with like 12 tables set up and, you know, all machines and everything like that. Like there, there is little rooms that you could go into too, but for the most part, you're like in this big, you know, like pavilion. It's weird, but cool, you know. You get to see all the processes, the blood getting worked and whatever. So we walks through the door and the dog just perks right up. She starts acting like she never had not even a sniffle. And, you know, we're, we're, I'm looking at I'm looking at my, my fiance going, what, what is this? What is this about? You know, an hour ago, she was dying. She was dying five minutes ago in the car. And now the dog is like on another level, you know, never been better. So the dog's walking around. We sit down and we're like, well, we're going to get it checked out anyway. We're here, you know, and, uh, you know, they bring us in Well, they bring us into that big room and they start checking the dog out, you know, and nothing was wrong with her leg visibly or physically, uh, you know, no fever, no nothing like that. No, like nothing obvious, you know? So, and they're like, well, she seems to be okay. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Clearly this is an anomaly. I mean, the dog was sick and now she's fine. You know, go figure. She's like, you know, so the, so the, the veterinarian, she gives us, uh, basically a menu. She goes, well, this is, I'm going to give you an estimate on, you know, what I want to do to the dog as far as testing goes and we'll figure it out. I said, okay. And immediately it comes into slightly over a thousand dollars and you know, we've got a wedding to pay for the house is undergoing renovations. I mean, (laughs) Christmas is here. What a worse a time, you know, but you got to do what you got to do. So we selected a couple things that we felt were important. Uh, she's got a doctor's appointment, so I wasn't going to do double the blood work, double the cost. So we're going to hold off on the blood work for that. But everything that came out, she's negative for Lyme. You know, she doesn't have the Lyme. Uh, she's, uh, you know, she's healthy uh, electrolyte wise. Fucking dog just had a little hiccup, little speed bump. But she's back up in uh, good shape. We left. And uh, she's been killing it ever since. So Godspeed, Fajita. And good job on the recovery. And thank you for costing me 450 big ones. Spending a fin at 10 o'clock at night was not. Oh, and then we got out of there. By the time we were in bed, it was it was like, psh, you don't even want to know. <laughs> late. Real late. Smoked me out completely for work today. I was in tough shape all day. But that's what you do when you love something, right? Right. And before I move on, I just want to say, you know when you're growing up and everybody and their mother wants to be uh, a veterinarian? Oh, I love animals. I want to work with the animals. They're great. They're this. They're that. You know, I love cats, I love dogs, I love horses, pigs, boars, you know, uh, voles, moles, uh, skunks, you know, like uh, everybody, you know, everybody's an animal lover. Everybody wants to be a veterinarian. Where are all these people? 
I would kill to be able to have a friend on dot on speed dial that I can go, hey, can I bring the dog over to get checked out real quick? Can I bring the dog over to your office? Save me a little bit of money here. They get you, boy. They get you good. I guess, you know, I mean, I don't know. For me, it's very expensive. You know, I, I I know it's cheaper than treating a human, but I mean, what the fuck? It's it's half scale, you know? Unless you bring a horse in there, <laughs> you got problems. You got really big problems, you know? But, uh, oh my God, the prices in these places. And then, like, you know, my mother-in-law, for instance, she's got a she's got this cat, right? Now the cat has feline herpes. Yup, you heard that right, feline herpes. If you don't believe it, look it up. She's got a she's got a hole underneath her chin. When she drinks water, the water the water drips out of the bottom of this hole. It looks like she tried to commit suicide, and that there's a hole blown through the bottom of her face. Well, she's got that. She's got a hot murmur. And one day, she's just, same thing as Fajita, just looking bad, looking awful, you know, and uh, my mother-in-law brings her in, and basically, we said our goodbyes. You know, it was was that. And the cat is no spring chicken. The cat is like 18 years old. You know, we said our goodbyes as she was leaving the house, figuring that the crate was going to come back empty. Well, two hours later, she walks through the door, and the cat's meowing away in the crate. And I'm going, what the fuck is that? You know? And she says, oh, uh, it's Boo-Boo. She's back. And I'm like, what do you mean she's back? She goes, oh, yeah, you know, they they, they forced me into a plan. Now, you know, I'm one of those guys, man. I will. I fucking deal. And, you know, I'm asking the vet lady last night. I'm going, listen, if we do this cash, no receipt, you know, instead of a fin, can we do it for like, you know, three fifty somewhere in there, you know, and you can still make out, you know, and just kind of pocket it. No, we got to, you know, we'd rather that you actually pay with a card and, you know, what a fucking error to be alive, right? So, so she says, oh, well, they put us on this here medication plan. Uh, turns out she's got a heart murmur. Uh, she's, we know that she's got the herpes. Um, she's also got like like the cat clap or something like, I don't even remember what it was, but it was something really bad, like brain disease or swelling of the brain. Her liver was on its way out. I mean, the the cat is just junk, you know, but she's 18 years old. So, you know, you're going to have problems, you know, in human years, it's probably like 150 years old. You know, if you're 150 years old, I bet you're going to have a fucking problem or two, you know, so you know, so I go, what are you talking about? They they talked you into all this shit and all this money, you know? And she said, you know, well, I told them, you know, well, she's got a lot of issues. She's feeling sick. You know, I'd rather just, you know, put her put her down, you know? Which is, you know, I'm the type of guy, I don't like to see animals suffer. That, that hurts me more than anything, you know? And uh, it's like, you know, the responsible thing to do at a certain point you have to bite that bullet, you know? And to be honest with you, with the shape Fajita was in last night, I'm going, you know, this is a pill we got to swallow here, you know? We might be coming back with without the dog, you know? But you have to be able to 
if you're going to be a pet owner, you've got to be strong enough to make that decision, make that call, and honor that call. You know, if the vet recommends it, which I don't know if they do or not, but if they do, listen to the vet. They know best. You know best, you know. So, you know, so she says, I told him, you know, let's put the cat down. And, uh, of course, the cat had perked up a little bit when she showed up through the door. They're going, you know, this cat is fucking fine. Besides having 18 different ailments, you know, we can prescribe her these different pills. You know, it's going to be like $300 a month in fucking pills. But the cat's going to be mint, you know, for for however long, you know, she's got left type deal. So she does it. And uh, the cat is barely chugging along at this point. Boo-boo. And uh, <laughs> this is what they do. They don't want you to do the responsible thing in most cases. You know, if the animal is on its way out, you know, and I say she's chugging along, but really she's fucking clapped out. You know, you look at it. She's like, I mean, she's, you know, it's not pretty, you know, and she's probably suffering. But when the vet doesn't want to do their job and put the cat down, what else are you supposed to do? They want to keep that cat, dog, boar, pig, vole, mole, uh, horse. They want to keep that alive as long as possible and prolong the suffering so that way every six months you can bring that fucking animal back and it's just, you know, another... I mean, it was 175 just for walking through the door last night. So if they're doing that, if you're doing that every three months, with which if you got an old dog, you know it's not that crazy to, to say. Every three months you're back, you know, blood work, x-rays, this... That cat scans, you know, I mean, it's like never ending. So they want you to subscribe to this fucking nightmare, you know, instead of just allowing you to let the animal rest, you know, eternally. And, you know, I'm going to buy another dog anyway. My fiance is not going to let me go, you know, fucking three weeks without getting another dog. So don't worry. We'll be back. You know, we will be back. But they don't give a shit. It's not their living room that the dog is fucking, you know, are you all right? You know, the fucking dog is just like, you know, it's just disgusting, really, you know. But let's get to the uh, let's get to the uh, most important part of the podcast here. And that is Thanksgiving. I want to talk about the types of people at Thanksgiving dinner. People that show up, you know, you take a look around the room. Hopefully you'll listen to these. You go, yep, that's this person. That's this person. Yep, yep. I'm going to try to nail these down. This is strictly off of observation over the past 25 Thanksgivings. I've personally taken part of, uh, you know, whether it be with friends, with family, whatever. And uh, the first person I want to talk about is the person that shows up with the shit that nobody likes. Yep. It's the people that show up with, like, the squash. Or they've got the, uh, what's that shit? Oh, the green bean casserole. Is is there anything grosser than green bean casserole? I ask you. Seriously. 
it looks when when you when you have it out, it literally looks like a full litter box, you know. And I've tried every year. I take a scoop. I'm just gonna say it, Ma. I love you, but you make the green bean casserole, the cat box casserole, every year. And every year I go, maybe this is the year. I take a dollop of it, slap, I slop it onto my uh, my plate. I give it a try, and it just tastes like it tastes like it looks awful, you know. And you know, it is what it is. You know, she puts on a pretty good show. She follows all the instructions on the back of that there. Uh, like the, the the little crispy things that you put on top. Looks like the cat litter. Well, that's that stuff there on the back of the box. It tells you how to cook it. She follows all that, you know. So she does a good job. But it's just, it's no good. I'm sorry. But I love you. And we appreciate the effort. As long as she's happy, that's that's all we care about, right? So we got that. We've got the uh, we've got the, the 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 couple that shows up, and they've always got some sort of an announcement to make. Always, oh, we're pregnant, we're getting married. Who gives a fuck? You know, this is the third time you've done this. This is the fourth time. We get it. You know, it's always something. Oh, we bought a new car. You know, they're just, they're doing so well. You know, yeah, we get it, you know. And, you know, Thanksgiving's a, a, an occasion where we sit down as a family or as a friend group, whatever, and we we conversate on life, you know. You see people that you haven't seen in a long time. So, you know. There's nothing wrong with being like, hey, I'm doing pretty good. I got this going on. But there's always that couple that they share everything on Facebook. You saw everybody. They're always up in the mix. You see them 80 times a year. They've seen everybody. They've already told everybody. But they're going to say it again in the presence of everybody just just for the purpose of saying it with the hopes and and the, the dreams that Somebody hasn't heard this, so they could go, oh, really? You know, you got a new dog? Oh, really? You know, or you, you're pregnant again? Really? You know, it, it's it's just, they say shit, and you just can look around, and the whole family just cringes. You can just see it. It's just like they, they just tense up, and you see the, the goosebumps go all up and down their arms. Then you've got the deserter. What do I mean by that? The deserter is the guy or girl that they show up. You know, dinner's ready. They show up. They grab a plate, get in line, grab their shit. You turn around, you go, where'd they go? Nobody knows. Gone. That's my grandfather. Dude gets his plate and disappears. He wants no part in whatever is happening at the table. No interest whatsoever. I'm not at that stage yet, you know. But he wants to sit there alone watching the Barrett Jackson in the living room, you know. He only makes an appearance to come out for seconds or 
ask if the if the recipe was changed and in what way, you know. Uh he forgets that he's not at a restaurant and says, Oh, maybe the uh maybe they they sold out, you know, something new ownership or something like that. We're like, no, no. Your wife made the, the food. It's her again. Oh, okay. Right, I forgot. You know. The deserter. Um then there's the life of the party. I think I watched uh Curb and they said uh it was like a great a great middle, you know, something like that. They call them a great middle. You put them in the middle of the table, they just hold down the fort the whole time. It's their responsibility to set the tone for the entire dinner, the entire occasion, right? This is this is huge. And this falls all on their shoulders and they couldn't care less because they know that year after year, they knock it right out the park. And they're going to do it this year, too. This is the guy that, you know, says something crazy, maybe inappropriate, makes you laugh mid-chew, and you accidentally get plunged into sheer fucking panic because when you laugh, a dime-sized piece of turkey skin gets fucking shot down your windpipe like a bullet leaving the barrel of a gun. And you look at the funny guy, and he gives you a wink because he, he knows the peril and pandemonium that's erupting in your gullet because of, strictly because of his antics. But he gives you a wink, you know. And you're not mad at him because eventually you cough it up, you know, and the whole table's, you know, all the attention's on you now. You know, are you, are you okay? You know, I'm fine. It was just really funny. I got it up, you know. And the joke was still well-received. You know, that's his job. That's what he is there to do. You know, some cases, some very rare cases, this can be two people. I've seen it before. And it usually ends with a fire or, you know, the whole family having to run out of the house because the smoke alarms are going off. It just gets, it gets a little convoluted and crazy, you know. Then there's the socially awkward person who still doesn't have a job but is working on it or they took a semester off from college, you know. Nobody's really talking to them. They're kind of not part of the, the conversation, but, you know, uh, one of, the, one of the, the, the village elders, if you will, will kind of give them, the, hand them the spotlight, you know, they'll kind of sauce them the spotlight for a sec. You know, hey, you know, Billy, what do you, what do you been up to? You know, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll be going back to school soon. You know, I, I took a semester off. It's been three fucking years. You know, and you just know that they're blowing smoke up everybody's ass because they've been saying it for the past three years. You know, it's all bullshit. But your grandmother and the other elders, they buy this shit. Hook, line, and sinker. They just get sucked. They are under the spell of these people. And when everybody's like, oh, fuck Jeff, he's a weirdo. They're like, no, you know, he's just, he's just different. No, the guy is fucking, he's gone. You know, he's gone. He blew it. He knows it. And they never have the right thing to say. It usually 
ends in somebody getting offended. There's a major, major argument. There's usually consoling in the form of like a a, a slow back rubbing from Meme, you know, or you catch them out on the front porch uh, sharing a doink with, you know, one of the other family outcasts. You know, they just nothing but a problem, really, you know. But they're family. They're they're a friend. We we invite them because it's a formality, you know, or or they're dating somebody hot, you know, something like that. But that's it, you know. That's as far as it goes. Hi, bye. Hopefully, they get left alone. How about the person that shows up? without their significant other for the 10th year in a row but takes home hella leftovers. You sit, you get your plate, everybody sits down, they take off. Where'd they go? And they're over there, like, before anybody can get their seconds, they're already, they're already ladling fucking gravy, mashed potatoes, turkey, stuffing into these They'll bring their own tubbleware with them. They bring it right to the house with them. They walk in strapped, ready to go. Ziploc bags, tin foil containers, tubbleware, uh, you know, containers for, for liquids. I mean, these guys are fucking professionals. And you go, Well, why don't you wait till everybody else is done? And they go, Why? And you go, you know what? <laughs> it is what it is, you know? You don't want to start no shit. Don't start no shit. There won't be no shit. In the wise words of Lil John 316. And, uh, you know, but they never, sh- but the other person never shows up. Doesn't need to sh- show face, you know? And they, could, they couldn't care less. They do this shit shamelessly. They don't care. It, uh, you know, they know that everybody's looking at them, gritting their fucking teeth, you know? But it is what it is. To them, it's just another day, you know? Just another Thanksgiving, just robbing all the good food before anybody can have their seconds. What are you going to do? How about the person that's on a diet? Every two years, they're on a new diet. They eat, you know, a tablespoon of cat box casserole, two slices of the dry-ass white turkey breast, isn't that the driest shit ever? And they just kind of like sit back and they puff their tummy out and they're like, oh my God, I'm so full. I'm stuffed. I couldn't have another bite. You know, and you you just, it, it makes you crawl out of your skin because you know that it's all a fucking lie. It's all a cap, you know? You want to just go and grab a ladle of scalding hot gravy and just put it down the back of their shirt. And everybody, you know, here's the thing. Everybody's a fat fuck on Thanksgiving. I don't care if you weigh three bills, four bills, a buck twenty, or ninety-five soaking wet. Everybody's a fat fuck on Thanksgiving. That's what you're there for. You know? We're there to give thanks, but most importantly, just stuff our faces with you know, the most delectable of food. We get to do this once a year. You can handle it. You know, it's a formality. And these people, like, every time 
They go on a diet. They're friends with the next category, which is the, the, the vegetarian of the family. That makes everybody's life a living fucking hell. Anybody that cooks, you know, they're calling a week in advance. You know, now are you going to offer any uh, any uh, vegetarian friendly or vegan friendly meals? No, we're not fucking vampires. You know, we're not going to we're not going to eat, you know, rabbit food like you. You want to suffer, you suffer, you bring it, you know, that's on you. That's on your conscience. You're not going to put that shit on me, you know? And they show up with their uh, with their tofurkey and their Brussels sprouts like a fucking communist. And they always offer it to everybody. Oh, it's so good. You got Nobody wants this shit. Nobody wants this shit. We didn't want it last year. We didn't want it the year before that. Why the fuck would I want it this year? Let me ask you that. We don't. Leave. Go. You know? Everybody usually is polite about it. They'll be like, no, thank you. It looks delicious, though. I already got, you know, too much on my plate already. I don't think I can handle this. Ha, ha, ha. He, 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 right? You, they come to me with that shit? I simply reply immediately. I don't even waste any breath. I can just go like this here. I go, if you don't get that dog shit away from me, the yard's going to be eating it. I'll throw that shit right in the yard. I don't play no games. My mother didn't raise no fool, you know? That's how we handle that shit. And the diet people and the vegetarians are usually very good friends with the social justice warrior of the family. You know the person. They pull up. They still got the faded, sagged out uh, Biden, Obama bumper stickers from 08. They've got the coexist sticker. They've got the coup de gras of fucking stickers. They've got the the Darwin fish, you know. And then they show up with their Birkenstocks and their morals and everything else. And they think that they, they planted a tree in their yard, you know. They named it. They, they, they play music for it and shit. And they tell you about how they're doing their part to save the world and how you better start carrying your weight because Al Gore says we got 48 hours to live and the shit's about to hit the fan. These people, and you know what? I get it, you know? There's some shit that we got to figure out. But these people take it to the next level. Thanksgiving table is not a place for you to start spewing your bullshit. It's just like the people, the next category, the political people. You know, nobody gives a shit. We're not here to discuss fucking politics. You know, do you want me to hate you? Is that what you really want? We're here to give thanks, sing kumbaya, you know, and 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 have cute little little laugh, little little innocent uh, family moments here. And you want to really make me hate you right now? That's what we're doing right here. It's just the worst, just the worst. And it could be you could be like right on par with all my beliefs, and I'm going, eh, 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 ch, ch, ch. not here, not now, not never. It's just the worst. Don't be that guy. 
And I know, like, when you see the coexist stickers and the Obama-Biden, you, you just want to get going, you know? Or they pull up with the with the MAGA sticker. You just, you, you, your blood is fucking boiling. It's starting to, you know, starting to boil like a pot of macaroni. and You just can't contain yourself and you just, I'm going to, don't do it. Don't lose your head. Don't fuck this up, you know? This is how you ruin a Thanksgiving. You lose the invite immediately, you know? And just as important as the 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 people, the audience that you have at your Thanksgiving dinner, just as important is the hosts themselves. You know, for me, I used to go when I was younger, I would go kind of house hop, you know. You show up here, you fix yourself a little plate, you show up to a new house a couple hours later, you do the popping, you know. That shit got old for me. So I usually just go to my grandmother's house and that's where I stay. But a lot of people do the opposite. I've been aware, I've been hip to that. And, you know, if you're a host, you have a very important job. Your house needs to be the right temperature, okay? I don't want to walk into your house, you know, and I get it. You know, you're cooking, whatever. The kitchen gets hot. But I don't want, there's no excuse for me to walk into your house and it's 85 degrees. Open the fucking window. We're in New England. It's going to be, you know, usually this time of year, 30 to 40 degrees. You know, open the windows. We'll work this out. If I show up and it's 85, I'm going to leave. Sorry. And I don't care who's hosting it. You know? Just like the people that you show up, and as you're walking through the door, they give you the ass out hug. Oh, my God. You know, it's so good to see you. And then they go, hey, could you do me a favor? And you're like, yeah, what's up? You're thinking that they're going to be like, oh, can you run out to my car real quick? Blah, blah, blah. You know, something like honorable where you can still have respect for them after they say the request they go can you take your shoes off you know the second that they say that i'm looking at my fiance she already knows i'm checked the fuck out you know and i'm not going to say that i'll leave because i will stick it out just so you can just so i can watch you suffer you know so i can take my work boots off you know because i show up in boots i don't give a shit it's the holidays you know just so I can stink out your whole living room. You know, you got white carpets. You want to be a douchebag? Fine. You know, I get it. And it's like, you know, take your shoes off and you're at the table. And I really, you know, and then they they can't just leave it at that. They go, you know, oh, I really appreciate you doing that. You go, will you just shut up? Will you just shut your mouth? You know? They're almost as bad as the people. Now, let, ladies and gentlemen, okay? Let's be let's be very uh let's be candid about this here because this is for me, this is the arguably the most important topic of this whole episode. And if you're this person, you really need to figure this out. You need to change your ways for the sake of your friends, your family. Let's start with a statistic, okay? 
298,000 American soldiers lost their lives in World War II alone fighting for our freedom as Americans, okay? And fighting for our right to be able to manufacture, purchase, and consume ocean spray jellied cranberry sauce. And I see a lot of people and a lot of restaurants out there who will have some jive turkey as homemade cranberry sauce. This is this is treason. It should be handled as such, you know? If I see that shit, you know, it should be on site. I should be able to call the fucking cops. You know what he's doing over here? Get him, you know? Go get him now. Get him off the streets. Nobody wants his ass around, you know? There should be a fucking hotline for this shit. Seriously. They got hotlines if you're depressed, you know, uh, if you want to hug, you know, all this shit. Where's the hotline for, for reporting these fucking jerks, you know? Reporting sexual abuse, you know, shit like that. This is just as important. Well, maybe not, but it's pretty damn important, you know? If I show up somewhere and they got that, I will walk the fuck out. I just turn around. I don't say anything. I don't, I just go on, you know? It's that simple. Clearly, you don't want me here. If you're going to be pulling that shit, obviously, you're doing it for a reason. You want me to leave. And guess what, guys? I don't hold no grudges. That is fine. I know that I'm not the most agreeable person. I know that I sometimes can be a great metal. But sometimes I want to just, I want to take the back seat. I want to take the back seat. I want to relax. I don't want to be the middle. So I get it if you've got expectations that I don't meet or didn't meet the last time that we that we met and you don't want me there. So you put that nasty shit on your table as an as a offering and also a, a subliminal for me to go F myself, you know, and that is fine. I get it, you know. These are the type of people that, you know, you'll go out to breakfast with them, you know, and they order a fucking mimosa, and they, they, they order the homemade hash. They get the option. They go, would you like, uh, would you like our homemade hash, or would you like the, the canned store-bought? And they order the homemade. That is, that is the lowest of the low for me. That is really bad. And cause, cause, and it's sad because you're looking at the person going, wow, this is some sad shit because I know that they're cognitively impaired. Like they're actually, they're actually having an active episode in their life. You know, mentally they're just shot like Brandon. And, you know, 
you know it's bullshit. Nobody likes the homemade hash. Nobody. But they do it anyway. That's the type of person that offers that homemade on all natural cranberry hell. You know? But I've learned my lesson. I've learned my lesson. Because sometimes if you if you're gonna put the message out there that you don't want me around and you put that shit out, I'm gonna show up strapped just out of spite for you. You know? Like for example, I just went on Amazon the other day. Because just in, in case you don't know, in case you got this sick, twisted fantasy that you go, shit, I forgot the cranberry sauce. Fuck it, I'll just pick it up on the way uh, to, to, to grandma's house, you know, or whatever. You're dreaming because guess what? In case you didn't know, there's a national shortage on cranberry. The jellied shit, the good stuff, you know? So... My little life hack is I went on Amazon, typed it in. I go, just for shits and giggles. I'm like, let me, I don't believe that they have it, but let's just check it out. Type it in, boom. Just like in a movie. I saw it, it lit up. It was like a, ha, you know, sure as shit. There she was. Ocean spray, cranberry. And, and it was a two-pack. You didn't didn't even have to buy a single can. You could buy it in a two-pack. So I bought two two two-packs. So that way I show up. You want to hit hit me with the bullshit. Or you genuinely thought that, oh, I'll just grab it on the way type deal. Or I'll grab it before everybody shows up. And you realize, shit, I blew it, you know. And I come in like Superman. I open up my trench coat. And instead of my hog hanging out like a sicko, I got a can of jellied cranberry sauce ready to rock and roll in my top pocket. I've got a fucking can opener. I don't mess around. I've been left with my pants down way too many times in my life. You can only I only fuck up once a certain way, and then after that, I learn my lesson and I avoid it altogether. Outright, you know? And it's just uh this is a this is a, a a big point of contention for people, especially myself, and just don't be that person. It's as simple as that. You know? Nobody wants to eat it. You got the fucking twigs and the berry skin. I mean, what's grosser than that? You know, if I wanted to do that, I'd just go out in the yard and just start shoving fucking shit in my mouth off of the trees, you know? Tastes the same. It's just disgusting. Don't do that. I keep that thing on me at all times in case of an emergency. I'm a fucking professional. I'm an American. This is an American holiday. In my eyes, nothing can go wrong on Thanksgiving. Well, uh, let me... (laughs) Let me be very careful about that because let me say this, and I'm sure any of my other fellow guys out there, I'm sure that you you deal with this too, but every, every 
Thanksgiving, there's a, uh, you know, you got the parade. Everybody watches the parade with the balloons. Ha, ha, ha. You know, uh, but for my fiance, every year, she starts off my morning by torturing the shit out of me because they've got this stupid-ass dog show on Peacock, you know, and you know what I'm talking about. It's got the dogs, the same breeds every year. They just run in circles. They got, like, 45-year-old, you know, wannabe milfs, and they got the skirts on, the stockings. They're all covered in head-to-toe and dog hair, you know? And this is, like, the end-all, be-all event for her. She could forego, like, the meal, the interaction. She couldn't care less. But the dog show is, like, number one. Last year, the Wi-Fi went out, go figure, and I thought she was going to have a mental fucking breakdown. I thought I was going to have to drive her over to the butler and just fucking drop her off curbside. You know? Bye. Losing her shit. And it's just brutal to watch. Because it's literally the same dogs. Literally. Every year. Dogs don't change. A Frenchie's a Frenchie. A bulldog's a bulldog. You know? And you see these fucking doggophiles. You know, they put the dog up on a table. And they got this old geriatric guy. Comes over. Gets close to the dog. A little too close, maybe. And he's just like putting his fingers all over it. He's got the shakes. He's got like mild Parkinson's or like delayed onset Parkinson's. And he's just like, he's just gingerly touching these dogs. He touches their ass. He raises their tail up, you know, and the dog, you know, will snap its head, you know, back around and look at its owner. Like, what is going on here? Why would you, why would you let this happen on national television? You know? My my most vulnerable moment in time ever. And you're going to do this here, you know, with this fucking guy, this dirty guy. It's odd. I start sneezing just watching the show. There's fluff everywhere. It just goes everywhere. They're running around. Some dog's shit on the carpet. It's just disgusting. It's It's, it's really bad. You know. Everybody's got their traditions for good or for worse, I guess. You know, me, I really don't have it. I could tell you, that, I mean, I shouldn't say that. Like, for example, tomorrow night, I'll be watching my Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special. Just out of spite and just as payback to my fiance. Because as I told you before, she hates the shit. She thinks I'm a boomer. She's just, oh, she's so against it. You know, it's not funny, whatever. You know, it doesn't have to be funny. It just has got to be cute. You know, it's cute. You watch it, it's nice. It it makes me feel good. And uh, I'll be watching that as my little, you know, reoccurring theme. I've done that probably for the past 15 years plus, you know. I still laugh every time. Every single time, you know? And with that, let's wrap this thing up. The song I want you guys to listen to this week 
is actually from the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special. Okay? There's a scene where Snoopy and Woodstock are prepping for the kids to show up. They're making this. They they, they invited the kids over. They're going to make this big, glorious feast for the kids. So they're setting the tables. You know, Snoopy's got this folding table and chairs. He's trying to set up. And the things just, it's not, you know, just it just beats the shit out of him. You know, uh, hands his ass to him. Uh, you know, they for the meal, they make uh, toast, jelly beans, and popcorn. You know, and Charlie Brown and all the guys show up. And they're like, what the fuck is this? Let's get out of here and go get a real meal. They went to like Greg's or something like that. Or KFC or Popeye's after. It's just hilarious. It makes me laugh every time. But as they're setting up for this beautiful meal, they uh, they play this song. It's called Little Birdie by the Vince Giraldi Trio. It's awesome. It's actually a genuinely good song. And uh, as far as I know, it was made special for this occasion for this film, and uh, personally, I couldn't be happier. I've got it on my oldies playlist, you know. I'm not going to front. I love it. So go give that there a listen. Get into the spirit. And uh, I want to wish all you guys the best. Safe travels out there. Enjoy your long weekend if you're fortunate enough to have it. Don't go killing yourselves on Black Friday. It's not fucking worth it. That bottle of Lysol will be there next Monday. I guarantee it. And uh, this Thanksgiving, I'm really, truly thankful for the love and for the support that uh, that I've received on this podcast from everybody. It really means a lot. You guys are the best. So thank you guys. I love you. I'll see you next week. Ciao.